Room tone captured. Woo! Yes. That's that's the on the other shows I do. I always I always say that that's the awkward bit, right? Because you're just sort of sitting there looking at each other. <laughs> yeah, I, that's it. I each other up before the beat down. <laughs> Hello there and welcome to the Waffling Tailors, the voice you're hearing right now, mine, I might as well introduce everyone, we're here, we might as well go for it. I am half of the Tag Team Champions, which is the Waffling Tailors podcast Tag Team Champions. My name is Squidge. My partner, my partner, my brother, the bald man over there, which you can't see, no point in me pointing, but I'm going to point anywhere, is the other half of the Tag Team Champions. And the whole reason we have these belts, because he invented the half a brick in a sock on a pole match, which we won by disqualification, but who cares? It is Jay. Make some noise. Not guilty, Your Honor. I witness. That, 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 guilty. that <laughs> went somewhere quick, didn't it? That went somewhere. <laughs> uh, we're not going to say where it went, but that went somewhere. I got real fast. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> I just I didn't take it. it. I don't like caught. I don't like caught. I'm not going. I'll just walk in with my belt and wax them on with it. So anyway, I might as well continue with the uh, introductions. We have today a very special guest with us. Please tell us who you are. And make some noise. Uh, I am Matthew Bliss. I'm podcaster, learning developer, games enthusiast. I guess uh, I go by a few names, wear a lot of hats, but uh, I try to keep as many on the hat rack as I can. How deep are we diving here, boys? <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. I like that. I need some hats. Everybody needs hats, right? I, I mean, I, I should dig out my shark hat that I wore before. Yes. Really imagine, should. imagine, like, well, it's it's essentially a, it's it's one of them that's like the shark's mouth goes over your head, and it sort of wobbles about like its tails wobble. I'm doing a very very dreadful mm. job of describing it. I have to say. Falls off uh, a lot, unfortunately. Yes, that's yeah. a design problem. My fault for wearing a live shark on my head, but anyway. That's it. Do I suppose the, <laughs> the the hand with the one as the hat, would that be... Is that an American thing? That would be I don't a great know. hat. I would wear that. Then yeah, it's I, like, I don't think I could stretch it one. over my head. That, you know what? You, I could wear it behind my head, like some sort could, of headdress. If you could get it to stretch over your head, right, you wouldn't even have to make one. You just buy one and sell it on. Say it's, it's a special hat version. Just it, it, we've reinforced it with um, extra schoolgirl doggles and some extra uh, scaffolding, head grease, and gaffer tape. That's what we've done. And good intention. As, as long as it's an artisanal build, that's Absolutely. what you need to make sure you include. Yep, that's the selling that's point. That's how we sell it. That's, that's it. it. We're starting an Etsy store. That's it. Yeah. Watch out. Done. <laughs> so I'm going to use the incredibly trite joke here, and that is that Matthew joins us from the future because he's on the other side of the planet where it's currently later on today. Now, that won't make sense for the people who are listening because of the great time, uh, what was it, pod? What did I call it? Time cast pod machine wibbly wobbliness. That's it. Mm. Um, and that, you know, we're recording today, but y'all are listening to it in the future anyway. But where we are right now is currently the future, but it's the past for them. So 
What's it like in the future, mark. Matthew? <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're in a we're in some sort of paradoxical time loop or something. But That's I get that all yeah, the time. Look, I, and, I, and I would break it. Like the timeline would break if I told you guys what was happening. But I just I gotta say, get ready. It's do it. It's gonna be an interesting one. Do it. It's gonna be so worse. I do it. Okay. No, I, just get ready. I know you, I can feel you guys like surprises. Let's stick with being surprised. All right. I like it. I like it. Let's do that. Gleefully, <laughs> otherwise. Excellent. So, um, Matthew, you, you join us because, um, well, I mean, we, we create a podcast, but you create a bunch of stuff as well. So, could you tell us a little bit about the stuff that you're uh, that you're creating and doing and all that kind of stuff, and where people can check that out? Uh, before we do anything else, right? Because let's get let's 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 get people checking out your stuff. Yeah, definitely. Well, part of the reason I wanted to hang with you guys a little bit is because I do my own video game news podcast. It's called The Dead Drop. Um, you can find it anywhere you find podcasts, or however they say it these days. I try to avoid the common uh, like and subscribe that they use. <laughs> yep, like subscribe, follow, uh, hit the notification bell, that stuff. <laughs> Um, but basically that, that podcast runs twice a week. Uh, I do it on a Monday and a Thursday, which may or may not be Wednesday and Sunday for people with our present time futuristic thing happening. Um, yes. yeah. Or <laughs> when it, it releases it, it, anyway, ago, we don't know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's podcasts. They pick it up when they want it. Right. Um, absolutely. Ev- each show is only goes for 10 minutes. I'll cover about six or seven major video game news stories or ones that I think are of interest that aren't covered in the common uh, discussion space, or if it's got something interesting that I want my audience to hear about, I'll just talk about those stories a little bit. And um, really the whole purpose of that podcast is to make sure uh, people are getting informed. If they can't um, get through all the Kotakus and the IGNs and the game spots to get at all the information, because I'm, I'm sure you guys know you get one, a couple of sentences that tell you what the article is meant to tell you, and then the rest mm-hmm. is just filler around the outside. So yep. I'm that guy hunting yep. the two sentences that you need, and uh, I like it. Distilling it you, down. You dive through the clickbait. You dive through the. I tried this and found it was this, and you actually look into that and go, "Nah, ain't worth the time." We thank you for your services. What's good you say? Well, it's funny. I actually last week I just um, I noped out on doing the news and did a clickbait episode where I wanted to right. uh, pick out some headlines because there were some pretty bad ones last week. Um, uh, Take-Two and Zynga completed their acquisition and mm-hmm. the headline, I think it was on a Kotaku article, was uh, now completed the biggest acquisition in gaming history, which if we've been keeping up with it, Activision Blizzard acquisition was obviously just just a teensy bit bigger than that maybe yeah, three or four times as big ball, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but then of course maybe they meant the in physical space i'm sorry maybe they meant in physical space you know their offices are bigger than activision i blizzard. don't know still active blizzard are huge bought by microsoft who are huge so sorry yeah that's a, that's a good point actually but yeah, look, <laughs> that just adds to the non-specificity of the, the clickbait, right? It could mean anything. Yeah. You, yeah. The audience fills Absolutely. the gaps with whatever they think it is going to be, and they get the click. So yeah, that was episode 27 for anyone who, who's listening right now and is rapidly going through their podcatcher to, to find hmm. what that episode would be. So that one's the Dead Drop podcast. 
Uh, the other one I do is the Teaching Culture Cast, and that one is focused on teachers and people learning to be teachers, mostly from an Australian context, but it applies to teaching all around the world. And I do interviews with currently practicing teachers and pre-service teachers and people in education just to get a bit more information out there. And um, that one's currently on a hiatus, but we're looking to, I'm looking to kick it up again within the next week or so. Um, yeah. So new content coming soon for that one. Mm, nice. That, that, that lights up parts of my brain because uh, uh, long time listeners to the other shows that I do will know that um, straight out. So I took computer science at uni straight out of, <clears throat> excuse me, took computer science straight out of uni. And then as soon as I graduated, like, I don't know whether you'll remember it, but the economic crash of 2008 happened like two weeks after I graduated. Um, and so Boy. nobody was hiring anyone at, at, at like anywhere. And so I was like, well, you know what? I've always been interested in, in what goes into teacher training and stuff like that. So I'll go do that. And so I went and did that and uh, became like a high school math teacher for a while. And then, uh, then my career came knocking on the door again. It was like, Hey, check this out. There's a programming job over here. So I was like, well, it's been fun guys. See you later. <laughs> yep. And I know what teaching in England is like, so you're probably pretty happy to sidle on yeah, somewhere yeah. else at that stage, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we could totally go into it after the recording. But yes, I was glad yes. to get out of there. <laughs> well, it's, it's a common story everywhere now. Australia's got a, mm -hmm. a major teacher exit crisis that's resulting in a shortage. And other other businesses, other types of jobs, they just value the teaching, uh, you know, the, the, the skills that come with teaching a whole lot more. So, mm -hmm. you know, the money's better, the pay's better, the conditions are better, and you don't have to deal with a hundred or so screaming kids a day. Why wouldn't you? Just a hundred or so screaming adults a day. That's the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry about hit them. I <laughs> <laughs> really talk really fast. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> it's all good. And it's not detention. You just bought Kate given a well. pair of boxing gloves. Yeah. That would be nice. Unfortunately, I work yeah. in government, so uh, okay. There's a lot of unions. Red Same tape, rules apply. HR forms. Yeah. Same rules I apply. Guess. If if they want to push it, just go right. Let's go to an ice rink, man. Do it and do it hockey style. Uh, God, ice rink. Uh, an ice rink in Australia. I imagine that would be hard to find these days. <laughs> Although it is pretty cold oh, at yeah. the moment. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's go with the roller rink. You be on roller skates, and yeah. you win if you're still stood upright as you get to each other. With, That's with, the um, Okay, yeah. so. Roller rink, yeah. Gigantic comedy boxing gloves and a joust. Okay. So the, you're using the boxing gloves to hold like a, a massive wooden pole? Yes. Oh, good lord. Yes. <laughs> That's all more the HR forms. <laughs> all the while, while you're trying to get to each other, it's sort of like wipeout. You've got to go on an obstacle course before you get to the actual. That's it. Yes. Part. So you're or... going at 400 miles an hour. If we've gone full Rollerama, what if you have to uh, progressively uh, get smaller and smaller concentric circles as you move inwards? So you're technically spooling up all of this energy by going round, but you're jousting in the middle. Yes. And, uh, I don't know if that would work. <laughs> Sounds like, like a it. recipe for a tangle. Well, yes. well, surely the amount of speed you'd build up, you wouldn't have to use the jousts. You'd just smash into each other. The one with the one that keeps their teeth yeah. at the end wins, right? 
Yeah, most teeth left wins. Yeah, yeah, or if yeah, it goes yeah. too fast, the one who survives is the winner. The, the one with the highest ratio of teeth at the teeth at the start and teeth at the end. That's the person who, <laughs> who wins. Look, you're already not thinking like a teacher. Okay, so you have to <laughs> you have to do self assessment here. Make them correct the work for you. You make after after the joust. You make the other person pick up the teeth, and that's their score. Yep, that's it. Done. But it has to be the teeth of the other person, right? Yeah, I guess, I guess we need a geneticist at that point or a, someone in dental that can identify it. This is spiraling out of control. It no, is. You just get a science teacher to, to do all the grading at the end. It's easy. True. Well, what, what are they going to grade them on? doesn't it's matter. The it's the science teacher's problem, not yours. <laughs> I like it. It's their problem. <laughs> grade them on however you want. I don't care. Whatever scale. doesn't matter. <laughs> what the hell are we doing? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. We've created a scenario, and now we're trying to handball the responsibility to someone else. I'm, I'm, I'm blaming Jay on that one. He mentioned punching someone in the face, and it just spiraled. <laughs> it Bound often does with me. It often does. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. So, definitely, folks, go check out Dead Drop. Um, if you haven't already, you totally should. Um, we will be talking about a couple of, uh, of, of neat video games uh, in our sort of main discussion later on. But I thought... Just to get a bit of a, 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 a glimpse into the kind of games we all like to play, um, I was wondering if we could all talk about some of the recent games that we've played. So the way that we do this, for Matthew's benefit, is uh, we go around the room and each of us talks about uh, one game that we've played recently and then we sort of move on to the next person and just go around until we run out of games. Partially this is because I'm a busy adult these days, running around doing adult things, um, being like I don't know whether you heard the uh, the bunny quotes there. Um, I'll telephone and, um, for you. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> and um, but yeah, being responsible uh, where I have to be, um, and so I don't really get that much time to play a lot of video games. So I'm always I'm always looking for like the next recommendation. Give me a recommendation for the next title that I should play. It doesn't have to be new. It can be whatever you've played. So um, how do we do this, Chris? Do we usually have a guest? It's usually guest first. Yeah. Okay. So, Matthew, awesome. tell us about a game you played recently. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely not. I, I was playing a little bit this morning. Um, it is Citizen Sleeper, which is a recent release. It um, is available on Xbox Game Pass, if you're interested. Uh, the basic premise of this game is that it has a... It's kind of like a dice roll RPG kind of setup, um, but it's more of a narrative story. And you use these dice rolls every turn, which they call a cycle, to complete tasks. And uh, there's an associated success rate depending on the the die roll you use for a specific task. So it's very D&D style kind of thing. Um, But it's set in a very cyberpunk kind of sci-fi setting. Brilliant soundtrack. Awesome narrative. Uh, You are someone who has split their consciousness occupying a synthetic body and you've stowed away on a ship to arrive at a satellite that they call the eye and basically for the duration of the game you're working your way up from squalor into making money which they call cryo uh looking to repair your body which depletes over time meanwhile meeting brand new people and unraveling this um very deep and 
colorful story about what's happening on this satellite. Um, now I should say it's not action RPG stuff. It is very, uh, it's like the subtitled movies, you know, you're going to be reading right. quite a bit, but mm-hmm. just the, the atmosphere of the game is excellent. I've just, I've really enjoyed it and I've done my first playthrough and I'm really looking to go back and do another one. So I would highly, highly recommend that to anyone who's interested in a cyberpunky narrative kind of thing. Now you had me until you said dice roll. Um, as someone who plays, so it's like the second thing he said, dude. I know, right? <laughs> as someone who plays uh, a fair bit of tabletop, I can tell you my dice rolls are crap to a point where I could I could fail a roll to get out of my chair. So if the entire game <laughs> is rolling dice to do anything, I'm I'll, I'll just give up and go home before I even start. So it do, it does have built in RNG for that. You're not actually physically rolling dice, and it's not rolling in front of you. Like you'll, they, the day cycle is called a cycle and you can spend a certain amount of dies every day and that refreshes when you wake up and you'll just bang, start with whatever numbers you've got. There's even upgrades for your character. So there's five statistic like attributes you have that can improve your die score with certain actions. And some of those come with abilities. And one of those is to refresh your die once a day. So that might be the one that you have to go for at the very beginning, maybe. There you go. But again, I have the kind of look where if I was in a zombie apocalypse, I'd find a fallout shelter and the only thing to eat would be Marmite. So I just, I don't trust my luck <laughs> at all. Uh, have so, you been writing these down, Squeeze? These are brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> no. I just haven't slept. There's a difference. Um, Fair enough. It sounds good, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not for me. <laughs> I, I can't do I, I saw- not even in games. I saw a single line review of it earlier on and it said uh, it's like Blade Runner but you're the replicant which seems very interesting. Yeah, it kind of is, but no one is asking whether you are or not. You're you're almost okay. treated like a second like the you are a possession to the people that live on that satellite. They know that you're a replicant. Not So a with a synthetic body can you like have wings and guns and you know mantis blades and springy kangaroo legs that kind of stuff or are you just borderline human what's going on you are just who you are there's, there's a bit of style to it they've got um a non-motion based illustrations of the characters you meet and yourself but it is very humanoid there's um oh. no additions no uh customizations to your character or anything it's really just what it says on the tin if it was me, you know it was me. I'd walk in, I'd be a giraffe. <laughs> I've always wanted to be a giraffe. So, where's Squidge? Oh, there he is. He can't get through the door. Why? You'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the rule there is well. if you get the chance to be a giraffe, be a giraffe. I like it. It's got nothing to do with a citizen sleeper, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. No, look. It's, it's like that other rule. It's like that other thing. You know, that saying, you know, if you could be anyone in life, be yourself. Unless you could be Batman, always be Batman. So yeah. it's just it's just a, a one I follow. Always be a giraffe if you can. You know, don't ask any questions. I like it. What role of the dice do you think you'll need to get a giraffe? I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> roll any dice. I'd just say, I'm a giraffe. The hell with your dice. I'd, I'd be winning at that point if I was a giraffe. So I wouldn't need dice rolls. Okay. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> dice, where we're going, we don't need dice. 
And then the sound of a giraffe. I don't know what kind of sound a giraffe makes. Perfect. Okay, cool. So that said is in sleep. Squidge, what have you been playing? Give me the name of a game you've been playing recently. <laughs> I've been, <laughs> as prep for this podcast, I've been playing The Witness and what an experience that has been. Okay. Um, I can do puzzles in games, but I can't do puzzle games. I give you a prime example. Um, me and my friend, a, a very strange game we played before, me and my friend Ike, we played um, Obscure 2 which is a couch co-op survival horror game, right? Just get, like, Resident Evil-style fixed camera angles and all sorts. I was at a door trying to tune in to a frequency of a surveillance camera to get a code that was on a bookshelf, and there was, like, seven different um, seven different cameras. He was beating the crap out of something that was trying to kill us in the background, and I was trying to rush to get it. I finally got it. We got through the door. Jobs are good and Right? I can do little puzzles like that in other games. Playing puzzle games is different. And I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll, I'll set the scene. Okay, so a puzzle game to me is this. I'm running through the woods late in the night. There's a seven-foot-tall maniac in a Donald Duck mask with a machete chasing me. Okay. After 20 minutes of running... Good Lord, I wish I could run for 20 minutes in real life. In t- after 20 minutes of running, I decide the hell with this. I pick up a lump of wood, start fighting back. All right? His, his machete gets stuck in my bit of wood. I get another bit of wood, twonk him, and run. He's down for the count, so I'm running. So after that experience, which took well over an hour, I'm, walk- I'm running through the woods, and I see this cabin. It represents safety. I feel great. Wander up. The lights are on. I think if I can just lock the door, it doesn't matter what's in there. It's fine. I open the door. Mortal Kombat music starts playing. And an eight-foot-tall lumberjack with a lightsaber walks out. And out of nowhere, an announcer says, Adam, once you've finished this battle, we will reward you with a nine-foot-tall ex-American football star with a chainsaw. And instead of a chain, it's chainsaws on the chainsaw. A puzzle game that rewards you by finishing a puzzle with another puzzle <laughs> is like trying is like either that or trying to start um, duct tape, trying to just get the part on duct tape. It takes an hour and it's not worth it in the end. I can't do puzzle games, and I very quickly found out no, I have two ways to start up puzzle games: I either walk away from them or I brute force puzzles. And the problem with the witness is when you get it wrong because it's all electricity based and it screens that you go on, you get this power down noise, which is boom. After hearing that for the three millionth time in the space of 10 seconds, I noped and I went to eat some cake, which made me feel better. Then I went on a different game where I could hit something over the head and made me feel so much better. So I like puzzles. I just can't do puzzle games. So what you're saying is for your birthday, we need to get you a bunch of puzzle games, right? No. <laughs> if I'm ever in one of those experiences where it's, oh, puzzle room, I'll walk in with a chainsaw so I can just get rid of the door and walk out. I'm sure there was a, there was a line like that on The Good Place or something similar like that where um, one of the characters says, you know, I was trapped in, a, in, a, in an escape room and the quickest way to get out is just start trashing the place because then they kick you out. Okay, I'm I'm remembering that. I'm gonna write that one down. Yeah, right. Just trash the place. <laughs> That's I'm not sure whether that works. 
I suppose you could get out of dentist appointments doing the same thing, couldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Go old WWE and your dentist might hit him with a folded up chair. <laughs> Except you might still have a sore mouth. <laughs> Not that I advocate that, I would ever try it, but it's something to think about, isn't it? Well, yeah. So it's funny, the, the witness is exactly like that, I think. It's, if you bounce off it, you bounce off it hard. Like, as soon as you said power down noise, I knew exactly where you were in the game. That switched you off. It's those apples, the trees. See that? Now, people who are listening can't see this. You see that, that yep. bunch of paper? That's the notes I made in the first 10 minutes. So, for the listener, there's about, what, 10, 12 pieces of paper in this pile? Try 37. Dual-sided. Yeah, okay. okay, so there's the majority of a notebook is being used. On the first where, 10 minutes. Well, yeah. fair enough. Nah, I can't do puzzle games. I'd rather punch fair it enough. in the face. For the teacher's keeping score, this is what we call extrinsic motivation, whereas completing puzzles for puzzle's sake is intrinsic motivation. Absolutely. No, it's torture. <laughs> <laughs> It's what you do to kids in detention. You do that, you've got more puzzles to finish once you finish those puzzles. It's stringing <laughs> them along and then hitting them over the head with a ruler. With a folded you know. up chair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So Fair they need enough. to go That's to a dentist and the cycle continues. <laughs> That's PE. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be brilliant. Just like, everybody walks into PE class and they just get thwacked with a folded up chair. Right. Now that your PE class is over. <laughs> or it's like 10 push-ups. Was that nine? Chair. Yeah. Then you go. <laughs> I'm getting flashbacks. I'm getting flashbacks, I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you only did nine. Here comes the chair. Then you've got to do 10 more. So get it right first time. Yeah. We'll throw you over the hobby horse. You'll bounce off the trampoline and take out the uh, the year below who's waiting to come into the gym. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm Skittles. going way too much into this. That's, Skittles, that's a memory right? that's I don't want to visit. That's how you bowl. You throw someone across the room, bounce them off the trampoline and into a, a, a bunch of people who are conveniently arranged in a triangle. I'm never going bowling with you. You just don't <laughs> walk around in, 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 as a group in, a, in the shape of a triangle. That's, that's the shape it's that makes me fair. throw things. <laughs> You're just an instant target at that point. Well, it's your fault for walking around in a triangle, so... <laughs> Oh dear! Now, so we've just talked bef- before we move on from the witness, I just feel like I need to flex whenever this comes up because I did play the witness all the way through, and there is a terrific puzzle at the end. Uh, well, I mean, all of it's optional. This one is in particular is optional, but it's it's a time based series of puzzle that ran puzzles that randomizes each time you complete it or don't complete it, and it also plays. I can't remember the name of the song. I think it's the Flight of the Bumblebees. But you know the song that goes... But it plays the full song. the Goblin King. There you go. But it does the full song. So at the start, it's like... And then three minutes, 20 in, it's going... And you know exactly where you are and whether you're going to do it or not. Stressful as hell. But I did it. So that's my flex for today. I've got I've got one thing to say about the witness. There are two achievements on Steam. One of them is to unlock an Easter egg that's right near the beginning, 
coincidentally the first puzzle I found and stressed out about. And secondly, it's to actually complete the game. And globally, 18% of people who own the game completed it. Wow. So I don't feel bad. That's excellent. Yeah. So you're well, in that extremely short club, that's extremely ex- exclusive club of uh, 18% of people there, Matthew. I think so. Um, yeah. But there is so much in that game. Like, uh, it's, it's, it's been out for a while. Plug your ears or pull your headphones out if you don't want spoilers. But there are patterns in the clouds that you can make that are line puzzles in that game. And wow. you can only complete them if you're standing in a certain position on the island, staring at the sky. Sometimes there are lines you can only complete being on a moving boat that goes between areas. Uh, yeah, that, that game is just crazy. Is Jonathan Blow, his head is just... I don't know what's going on in there, but the games that come out, crazy. Crazy stuff. So it's, it's the puzzler's puzzle game, then, is what you're saying. Definitely. Just let me mod it to have a steel chair and I'll just smash everything up till I can leave. <laughs> I play it the then. puzzles into submission. <laughs> it would be good. Yeah. If, if you could do one line puzzle and then just click a button to pop a Halo assault rifle and then just start shooting stuff with that, with that yeah, super shotgun from Doom 2. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Ah, Excellent. That made so, me feel bad. Uh, for me, I haven't really been pay- playing a huge amount. Um, I did do, at the time of recording, I did do a, a, a stream last night for the first time in what felt like a year, um, playing Power Blade on the NES, which is one of my favorite titles um, from my childhood. Imagine, hmm. um, how did I explain it on the stream last night? Imagine somebody made an 80s action movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, but the only weapon he could use is a boomerang. And whilst I was explaining this, someone in the chat who, uh, who is uh, also uh, coincidentally from Australia, he was like, dude, you don't realize in the 80s there were tons of action movies out of Australia where they used boomerangs. So now my weekend is going to be trying to track these movies down and watching them. Because I'd like to see a boomerang being used in an action, for, uh, action film. I think it would be quite good. I don't know whether he was making fun or not, but I'll have to check it out. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I can't <laughs> say that I've seen any, but... I would start with the Crocodile Dundees at least and see where that takes you. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I have to, but yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. Whether that, whether that hangs together or not. Is, uh, is another thing completely. But yeah, it's a power blade. Brilliant game. It's kind of like a Metroid slash Castlevania style. So I guess it's a Metroidvania. Um, uh, but instead of um, moving from room to room, solving puzzles, picking up power-ups, and then going back and doing it all again, um, it's, it's, it's non-linear in that there are six stages and a boss stage. And you can do them, apart from the boss stage, do them in any order you want. Each area is completely self-contained, so anything you pick up in in that area kind of you know is related to that area. And yeah, I think it's 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 quite good. Completely, completely different to the original Japanese release. So the original Japanese release is called Power Blazer, um, and um, it 
it does also include a character that throws a boomerang, but they're very much modeled after um, uh, Mega Man sort of thing. And the game itself, the Japanese version of the game itself is modeled after, um, after Mega Man. And just like everything about the game, except the music and the boomerang, is different between the Japanese release and the Western release. It is, it is so wildly different. It is just, it's, it's mad is what it is. So, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Sure why, why, they, why would that be? Yeah. I have no idea. I've never really looked into it. Um, but yeah, the whole thing was like redesigned from the ground up. And then when they made a sequel to it, Power Blade 2, it was essentially a sequel to the Western release. And they released that everywhere. They were like, ah, it doesn't matter. Power Blazer doesn't exist. And if you're in Japan, Power Blade doesn't exist. Good luck to you. Um, but they, but for Power Blade 2, they went all in on the Metroid-style game. Um, so it's very, very Metroid-based. Um, Metroid you have a series of rooms per stage. Um, and you can there's like a new ability where you can duck and slide along the ground, which is very similar to Samus's roll up into a ball. But you get it at the beginning of the game. Yeah, it's 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 very similar to uh, the American and oh well the Western release of Power Blade. Very strange, very strange. But the the original Power Blade would recommend. Very good. I'm not much of a retro gamer. I don't. Um, <clears throat> my history kind of started with PlayStation, mostly because of parents thinks it's brain rot, so it takes a long time to do the convincing. <laughs> um, sure. But yeah, I'll, I'll add that to my list and see what I can see what I can wrangle. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, it's you know I I wouldn't recommend piracy, but it's all over the web, right? You know, if you want to get a ROM and an emulator, um, it's one of those that is rare enough that if you were to buy the cartridge, it would you know it wouldn't like make you homeless. You wouldn't have to make you know get a second mortgage to buy it, but it would set you back you know a considerable amount. So. Yes, as someone who good. collects re- as someone who's collect retro games, I can tell you it ain't cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't suppose you guys are across the the water game grading scandal that's going on at the oh, moment. Oh man, yeah, the water stuff. It's really like here's the thing, right? Um, uh-huh. it, here's here's my mug, right? I'm also a mug expert. So I'm going to grade this as A, and I'm going to charge you $200 if you want to buy it. Um, but also, here's a different mug that is also the same mug exactly. I'm, a, I'm going to rate this as a B and charge you $100 for it. But also, here's the same mug again that is a C. I'm going to charge you $50 for it, right? But uh, although you can get these mugs anywhere, you can't get them certified by me anywhere. So if you want it certified by me, you have to buy it from me. Also, um, in order to uh, create a market for it, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get my employees to buy them, but under their own names and not connected to the company, so that then there is actually a market thriving for them. Then get them to sell them on at slightly reduced rates at the actual value that they're worth, but then nobody will buy them at that rate, so then they'll come to me and get the like the authenticated, totally not faked version like not a not a used or previously owned uh certified one um, um that is precisely what water are doing and that that is like that is their business model all of that what i've just said there is how they work um yeah but they wouldn't be doing it if there wasn't a market for it right if everybody if nobody wanted 
pristine condition retro video games, they wouldn't be able to sell them. So, because the same thing happens with coin collecting and baseball card collecting, and I suppose, um, you know, Australian football card co- collecting, all that kind of stuff. Any, any collectible industry, you get companies start up like this. So, it's, it's, it's a standard shell game, you know? <laughs> the other thing that I noted when you were explaining that so succinctly is that we could just take the same speech and whenever you say uh, retro games, we just overlay NFTs on top. Yes. yes. Exactly the same. Excellent. <laughs> With the, on, the, only, the only difference being that the sale of retro games isn't destroying the planet at the same time. So, you know, because there's a ridiculous amount of energy required to do. Because NFTs are just part of the crypto blockchain, right? And to generate stuff and put it on the blockchain requires a shed load of energy. So... You know, I think, I think now it's not the same because NFTs aren't Bitcoin, but I think I, I read a statistic a few years ago about how um, in 2016 to 2018, sometime period around then, the uh, the global cost in energy to uh, mine Bitcoin was greater than the global amount, uh, uh, was greater, the, sorry, let me try that again. So I think in around 2016 to 2018, I'd read a, an article that said that um, the global cost of mining Bitcoin throughout a year was the same amount of power required by all of Argentina for a year. Like yep. everybody in one country. That's, that's It's not sustainable and it's not good for, for our planet. Just please just stop pretending with your pretend money, please. <laughs> Where I was collecting and selling retro games, all it does is the people who don't want them and don't know the value of them, it clears out their cupboards. Absolutely. Win. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. And you get a neat game to play as well. So there you go. Something tangible that can't be stolen that destroys Absolutely. your idea for a TV show or whatever Seth Green was up to. <laughs> not sure if you guys heard of that. He was going to yep. build an entire TV show around his bored ape. And oh, anyway, yep. NFTs are a deep hole. Should we climb yes. that before we get too deep? Yes, let's climb out mm. of the hole. Um, any other games that y'all have been playing? Because essentially that's my list over. <laughs> okay. Um, well, another one that I played, which is a bit of an old one, is Her Story. That's on Game Pass as well. That yeah. one that one caught me unawares. It really did. Because I, I was scared of the mechanic of it. I thought it, it felt a bit too much like work. Um, <laughs> for anyone listening who hasn't played it, it's... Uh, you kind of sat in front of an old CRT computer with a freedom of information request of old uh, police tape interviews of an individual who's sharing information about uh, a murder. And it's up to you to kind of discover what's been going on and what's actually happening, uh, uncover details about the case by using keywords to search for videos, but you only have access to five at a time and the keywords are what's present in the transcript. So you need to know precisely what to search, which you discover the more videos you hear. Um, and yeah, it felt like work when I watched the trailer for it, but I played it and I finished it in, I think it was three and a half hours or something, like almost a night. Um, but the same as Squidge there, I, I had my page. that was like a mind map <laughs> of all the keywords that I was trying to look up. Um, but it, it was it was an excellent game. I really enjoyed it. The only thing is it doesn't give you much closure at the end. Um, I really don't want to spoil it. 
for people who still need to play it. Um, unless where you guys are happy to spoil it, but you know. So yeah, uh, the the way I the way I feel about spoilers on the show is like we we never okay. We're not a current affairs in the video gaming industry podcast. Um, and so if you don't want to hear the spoilers, just skip forward a couple of minutes. That's, yeah. Cause what we'll do is, uh, peeking behind the curtains. Anyway. Yeah. Peeking behind the curtains, Squidge throws a, a sound effect in that sounds like this. Um, in, in our, uh, post that tells people, Hey, this is a spoiler coming up watch out so if you wanted to spoil the ending uh, you know i'm or, or any part of the game i'm perfectly okay with that uh, i will say i've never finished it but then i got part way into it and, and i was like this is really good but i don't have the time i'll just watch a let's play and figure out what's going on and so you know yeah, watch some play it. it um you're not very far off except you're completely off <laughs> yeah close and not close at the same time um <laughs> so do i get the participation award then Yes. Yeah. It goes in the same bin as the witness for you. <laughs> um, the, the thing that, that drove me about it, this being the spoiler warning, of course, um, that I found I kept, by the time it got to the end, I wasn't really exploring much. I was just hammering keywords I thought were useful to get to the videos that were clearly the latest in time with that. And you, you probably know which scene that is if you've played it enough because the, the person in, on the video says things like, and this person did this and I lived here. Whereas it's all very vague and <clears throat> non-specific in the videos recorded previously. So you kind of, you know, you cheese your way to the end by getting, getting um, to those end, end stage videos. But there's, there still is no closure at the end. It kind of prompts you at a point when you've discovered enough that, you know, you can turn the computer off, wander across the street to a person who messages you and says, hey, are you happy with what you've got? And you can say yes or no. And either way, they'll say, well, just come across the street and we'll have a chat about it. And then the game just kind of ends. And, you know, whatever you found out was what you found out. And then you'd have to play it again if you wanted to find more. It's... um. I like games that do that. I think leaving a lot to the imagination and making each journey unique while still there being a solid story there for them to build around. That 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 really appeals to me as a game. So how conspiracy theories start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another fun fact about this when I was reading up on it after I finished it is um, that the person who made it, they did the rec- recording... Uh, really intensely in like random, you know, really dingy kind of rooms all across uh, England. I'm not sure how often they had to choose different locations, but uh, after they had the footage, he ran it through two VCRs to get the sheen, like the the feeling of the recording because it was set in uh, the 90s, I think. Yeah, around 1996. And yeah. He ran it through two VCRs to degrade the video enough that, you know, it didn't have a filter on it when they were doing the game development. It was, it was all natural, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Really cool game. I'd highly recommend that to anyone as well. 
Definitely. Um, I, I, I'm a big fan of the sort of ambiguous. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of ambiguous ending, not of um, unreliable narrator. So that's where the, there is a different, and I'm sure there'll be some, um, some English literature people and some uh, very, very smart people yelling at me as they're listening right now. But Speaking you know, of drinking. My, yeah, yeah. My understanding of, of unreliable narrator is that quite literally the person telling you the story, the person that, you know, you're reading the story or whatever, they, they, they're not telling you everything, right? That I'm okay with that. But, but what I really like is ambiguous endings where it's just like, and splat, make your own decision. You know, walk away from it and think about it yourself for a little while. That's why I, one of the reasons why I really liked most of the endings for Netflix's Bandersnatch, I absolutely love those because most of them are all really like, uh, and then some things will happen, but we won't really tell you because like the journey you took to get there doesn't make sense till you get to the end and then some things fall into place and then you go, but wh- wait a minute, but what about this bit? You know, how does that affect it? Or like, as you take different paths through it, certain characters disappear because, and it's one of the best parts about it. I think, uh, for those who haven't played it again, spoiler warning, um, but there's a part you go through one particular branch of the story you meet this other programmer and then you get high with them and throw them off the building. Right. Um, and they die. And then you like, there's some weirdness about where does the body go? And then from, and then, um, the next time you get a game over and restart, as you go through the game, when you're supposed to meet them, they aren't there. And the other characters say, where is he? Where's he gone? So it's like in both Hmm. branches of the story are happening together. It's, it's so good. (laughs) Yeah, that one was ridiculously meta. Like, there were characters having realizations about themselves in other timelines as well. Um, I I can only think of the psychologist karate scene. That was so so weird. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, uh, for your benefit, Squidge, as you're playing, right, it's, uh, you'll, you'll know this, but it's a multiple choice, right? So you get, like, right at the beginning, it teaches you how to play the game. Your, the character stand says, which cereal do you want, left or right? And you have to choose. And you've got like four seconds to choose. If you don't choose, it chooses for you, right? Follows a certain path. But as you choose, it switches to a different version of the story. Every single choice you make takes you off in a different direction. There's one branch of the story where you end up going to a psychologist and you're sitting there and they're talking about, because um, your character is a programmer. And as they're programming one day, uh, in the 1980s on the ZX Spectrum, they get a message pops up saying, hey, I'm watching from Netflix. Like, quite literally, it says, I am watching on Netflix. Right? And he's like, what's Netflix? Who's Netflix? What's going on? And so so he kind of loses his mind a little bit, goes to see his uh, counselor to get some help. And there's an option in there for, like, sit and listen or try and walk out or something like that. And as you try to leave, the counselor starts fighting you. And there's a proper, like, really well choreographed action scene like a john wick style fighting scene and then suddenly you hear like a director yell god and you hear like the the bell that they play when they stop recording and the camera zooms out and it's on the set of the thing you are recording except the character is still the character not the actor playing the character so he's looking around going what i don't understand what's happened i've come to see my counselor what's going on why am i on a film set in the 2000s Really, yeah, good. that 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 series, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I, I I was in um in Ireland on a holiday uh, with my wife's family at that point, and um I think it was probably Boxing Day or something that 
that I just played through as many scenarios as I could. It, yeah, it's crazy. Well worth <laughs> play if you can. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's like, there are stories where like there's branches of the. Sorry, I've got onto the Brandesnatch catch. Brandesnatch again. But there's like there's branches of the story that end in the 80s, and there's one branch of the story that um, so when you meet the programmer, the other programmer, you also meet his girlfriend who is pregnant, and then in one of the many storylines, at the end of it, it jumps forward to the the 2020, uh, tw- the late 2010s, and you meet the daughter who is trying, who has found the game which never got released because the game that you that your character is making is called Bandersnatch, right? The game never got released because there was a whole bunch of controversy around it because the character kills a bunch of people, right? Um, but the, 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 this, this programmer wants to release the game again, right? And it ends with like a, a Netflix-style documentary produced by Netflix with all the logos and everything um, of someone talking to this person about, so you want to release this game that your dad had created but never got to release because he mysteriously disappeared. Yeah, sure. And then like the, the documentary ends and it sort of transitions into the cameras just following her around, right? And she's sitting there programming away and then it pops up with, I'm watching from Netflix. She goes, what? And then pours her coffee all over the keyboard. And then, like, you get the thing that Netflix does when a show finishes. It's really good. (laughs) Yeah. It's really not much more to say than that. I think you're doing it justice. It's just, yeah, if you haven't, (laughs) give it a go. It's just the whole thing with the monster, too. Sorry, I just said we're going to stop. But, yeah, the the monster thing, (laughs) uh, like the letters you get and the code to unlock the, the drawers or something. Yeah. I'm really yeah. diving into yeah, so memory the, here. Yeah. So one of the storylines is, um, uh, in, in all of the storylines, uh, of, uh, in all of the paths in the, in, in the game presentation, wherever you want to call it, his mum passes away when he's young because, um, mm. long story short, they were going to go for a drive together, but he lost his teddy bear. So he runs back into the house. Everybody gets upset. She gets in the car and drives off and then dies in a car crash. Right. Um, your dad, is like he there's there's one storyline where he enrolls you into this sort of like counseling system where you go see this counselor or whatever and you can end up in his office after dark going through his papers there's two completely different storylines where that happens and there's one where you 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 are the kid like it goes into a flashback and you're the kid and you're in his office and you open up his safe just as matthew says you have to find the code to open the safe and there are two endings to that scene one where you get spotted by the guard and taken back to your room and then you wake up as an adult again and the other one is you're opening it and all the sound drops and your character turns it goes first person and the bandersnatch the creature from the game you are making pops around and kills you pops around a corner and kills you it's like it's so like it just Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it doesn't happen often, but I just started getting chills as you explained that again. Like, I, I sometimes get that when you think of those kind of really prolific moments in games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really cool. Cool. So we've talked about a couple of games that we've been playing recently. I'm aware that, uh, very aware that because of time zones, we're keeping you around, Matthew, into essentially the late evening. So why don't we talk about, because we, we hinted earlier on about puzzle games, right? And we know that Squidge is not a fan. 
but we, we you know, when, <laughs> a little bit of uh, insider baseball talk. We were talking before we did this about some of the games that you'd like to maybe discuss, and we were talking about inscription and assemblance, which are, as far as I'm aware, and I, you know, I don't get a chance to check many games out these days, but I like to check out them, uh, check them out based on recommendations. They are wonderful, lovely puzzle games, or rather, can you say wonderful and lovely in the same sentence as a puzzle game? I, <laughs> I, think, I think you can. There's a class of puzzle games you can do that, but probably not these. Uh, I would right. say uh, these ones fall on the, the major side of esoteric in the way that they're portrayed. Um, most of, well, whoever's got us in their ears at the moment probably would be aware of Inscription because it became incredibly popular last year, um, being developed by the same same bloke who did Pony Island, which was also a great game. No, nowhere near on the level of Inscription, but very interesting nonetheless. Um, it, it's These are games that bend so far backwards on themselves that their head is going over their back, through their legs, back over again, so that they're staring at their hamstrings again. Like, it's right. it's it's really crazy how meta they get. And um, Inscription is, it, it sells itself as a Slay the Spire clone. It's kind of a card-based mechanic type thing. And you sit across the table from uh, someone who's playing the game with you, imploring you to play the game. You're kind of shackled there for whatever reason. You can't go anywhere else except for when you can get up from the table and walk around this little hut that you've been playing the card game around and inspect items and um, investigate things and interact with objects and things like that. And whatever you do in that outside environment affects how you play the card game and you know, you keep tic-tacking off these different parts and see how they go. And eventually you get to the end of a portion and you think you're at the end and you realize there's a whole other section to this game that should be there. Um, and I know that for Inscription it particularly, a lot of people bounced off once they got past the really well done card mechanic bit. Uh, and when the game makes a really hard shift into something different, it, it just changes it completely. Now, I'm talking in generalities for the most part. That's because, as we've, we've already talked about, the nature of discovery is really important for these games, I think. Um, and the ability to discover things for yourself and not be told them. I think that's that's really important as well. But... This is the kind of thing you can go so many layers deep with. And Inscription was great because it got the recognition for it. It, mm. a lot of big reviewers and, you know, game influencers were out there saying Inscription is amazing. And that was really what drove the growth. Like it hasn't come out of a AAA studio. It hasn't got the marketing budget. Essentially, you've got a website that has a ferret on it. And that's about it. <laughs> like right. it was all guerrilla marketing. But the other component it had was an ARG, which happened beforehand, which featured um, one of the actors for some of the FMV portions of it. I know it's got lots in it. Um, who ran a YouTube channel that had these really weird constructed videos that people could draw clues from in order to build aspects of the story before the game even released. 
And there's a whole running storyline through it that you only find if you're looking for the right pieces. It's a game that you have to be engaged with for the most part. You can breeze past that stuff, but for the people who have the wherewithal to get right to the bottom, like there's so much there to uncover. And we're talking Nazis, factory fires, uh, and, you know, thrifting for card packs of old card games. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's such a huge broad range of things in this game. Um, but that's to set the scene. Sounds like a wild weekend now. <laughs> oh, it is. You've got no idea. And and you could spend like 20, 30 hours in there. It's, it's, it's crazy. But what I really want to do, and I keep trying to do on a lot of the podcasts that I on gaming podcasts that I try to jump on is talk about Assemblance, which is a very little known game. I'm not sure. Are you guys aware of Assemblance at all? No. No. Can't say it. So I think it came out around 2016, maybe 2015. And it kind of got in the hands of reviewers. Like it was, it was an intriguing indie game. It's um, mm. got a bit of a time loop mechanic to it. It's a first-person view. You're kind of puzzle-solving in an environment, and it steps you through a few memory-based scenarios that you have to play on a holodeck kind of thing. So you're playing through memories to discover more things about yourself. Now, there is a about an hour of that game, which is kind of on rails, kind of scripted. You don't really deviate much. There's not much more to discover beyond what you see in front of you. But you have to look a little bit deeper to be able to discover even more about the game. There are blue shifts, which are certain actions you perform following clues to change the environment color. And then more things become revealed to you. And then there's the green shift, which reveals even more. And then the white shift. Um, And there is a brilliant video online of the first person to discover the white shift I think he's the Blue Ranger. Uh, He's a Twitch streamer as well. And the delight on his face. I think he cries because he tried to do uh, the white shift so many times because it is so incredibly precise. It's just, it's ridiculous. And Assemblance didn't get the recognition when it came out at the time because a lot of reviewers bounced off it. They did that scripted bit. They said, oh, this game goes for an hour. That's it. I guess it's not that good. Five out of ten. (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah, digging beneath the surface, you really got to dive deeper on a semblance to be able to get, get through to it. And there's two chapters that have come out, but, um, it's kind of a, a kind of a pet project for the bloke who makes it. There's probably not going to be a third one coming all that soon. He's currently working on, um, uh, a different studio, uh, binary smoke is a game on, announced on the Epic Game Store summer thingy last year, I think. It's meant to be coming out this year at some point, um, which is a little bit different. But Assemblance, it really just, it, it breaks your brain how that stuff works. And that had an ARG as well. And it even takes you outside the game to be able to solve puzzles in it. Wow. Um, there's, there's a time in the game where you're looking at an old computer it accelerates time while you're in the memory and there's flashes of images on the computer. This is also a spoiler warning. I assume the uh, little little ding is dropped there or whatever sound it is. 
um, little flashes of images on the computer. And one of those flashes is a Reddit page and you can read a username. So you look up that username on Reddit and it's got like 13 posts. One of those is about a blue butterfly, but you see a blue butterfly in the game. So you look up that image location and that account that's attached to that Reddit account also has an image that solves an interior puzzle to the game, which is an overlay to another map attached to a wall inside that very same memory that allows you to navigate a different memory using both time codes and locations and interactions to be able to complete it. Like it's, <laughs> we just talked about Bandersnatch for a bit, multiply that yeah. by three or four and, <laughs> you know, add a maths and physics degree in there. And you've got a recipe for a game that just, it takes a village to complete it. It literally wow. does. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's like FNAF's got nothing on that. <laughs> yeah, literally. Well, maybe not. So I don't know. I, I can't profess much experience with um, that whole universe, but... Yeah, you're better yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. So, so how did you hear about Assemblance then? Because if it's, if, it's, if it's flown under most people's radars because they've only played like the first bit and gone, yeah, that was fun, I'll stop. Uh, like, how did you hear about it? Um, I think, I think I saw a giant bomb review of the game, um, like doing their, uh, quick play thing where they do a little bit. I saw them do the hour and they were like, uh, I don't know. It's kind of all right. You guys do what you like with it. And then I picked it up cause it was pretty late in the game at that stage. I think it was like 50% off or something. Um, played it and all that stuff persisted. Like it wasn't timely at that stage for the first assemblance. Um, and I am the kind of gamer who is very happy to beat his head against a brick wall for long enough to get at the thing that I want. Um, right. <laughs> your Elden Rings, your Sekiro's, your Dark Souls. I will sit there and I will do it until I get what I want. The only one that almost broke me was Cuphead but maybe that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, it's endless patience and um, constantly reflecting and thinking about things and using your brain to approach things in different ways. It's literally just a problem solving exercise to be able to get at the stuff in here. And it's, it takes pouring over every single aspect of everything to be able to do it. But that's where assemblance is built so well. It's not like a massive halo map where you've got endless areas to deal with. It, they're small encapsulated memories. So it's a very small space for you to play around with. And they, they adjust those memories depending on time spaces and stuff um, to change the experience. But, you know, anyway, that doesn't answer your question. Uh, I, I saw it on Giant Bomb and I, and I tried it. Um, but the funny thing is... I'll always remember the day that I discovered this. Uh, there's an email address that you can message as well. There's pieces of paper with emails on them. You send a message, it automates one back. Uh, I think I did it just at the end of 2016. 2018, I'm doing my teaching degree, second year, it's around April. And I'm in the library doing my assignments. All of a sudden I get an email. 
it's come from the account that I emailed to get a response for the first game. And it turned out to be the first clue for the ARG that was the lead up to the release of the second game. Oh, cool. <laughs> yep. And, you know, it was named, they had characters in it and everything, and it was all real world stuff. Um, and with a few people, we started a Discord to be able to, to you know, sound out ideas and stuff, people that were interested from the previous game. And it got to the point where they had audio hosted on SoundCloud that if you took the, the spectrograph of, four sound files put together would make an image that had symbols from the Arecibo uh, uh, mural thing that they sent into space. But you didn't get all the pieces right away. They slowly released it over time. So you get an email, you check it out, and you go have a look. And eventually that spectrograph revealed something different, which sent you to the release of the full soundtrack, which was released before the actual release of the game. So that was what that full ARG was. But it set you up for the entire game too. There was, uh, during that second chapter, I mean, um, it was much bigger. There were... And of, and of course, everything that you we did in the first game didn't work. Like you'd see emails on the desk, you try emailing them, you'd just get text back and no clues. So it was brand new stuff. They had an Instagram rolling that released images and descriptions of things as time went on. Um, so there was probably about a three week window where we couldn't finish the game because we didn't know enough yet. They were slowly releasing pieces to us as, you know, they thought we should. Even the game updates changed. I've, I've got a, a recording of the game breaking in a way because I got, I got to the wrong point before they released an update to be able to progress to the next stage. But it broke in such a creepy way. <laughs> oh, I'll share it with you guys after this. It's, it's phenomenal. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, Instagram, Reddit, Imgur, emails, spectrographic frequencies, all that stuff ties in. Uh, old old um, uh, NASA archive files from space probes sent in like 1987. There's a ridiculous amount of stuff there to unpack. And it literally took like an entire discord server for us to to do it all um i think oh i've forgotten his name now um do you know the developer that made nuclear throne oh i don't tip of my tongue i think i know you're on about but again tip of my tongue i couldn't name it yeah i feel really bad now but um (laughs) he has a big voice in the gaming space at the moment um and I don't think he's he's developing games much at the moment. He does a lot of talking at the the regular conference circuit and stuff. But he was there for a bit hanging out too. And we had uh, lead editors from from magazines in there, gaming mags that were just hanging out trying to solve puzzles too. Uh, and eventually I had to, to start the creation of a guide that had all the solutions in it that we could all add to as we discovered more things. 
and it had like three or four false endings too. It it was crazy. <laughs> but yeah. So if after all that talking, and thank you for letting me occupy your podcast for a significant <laughs> portion, I realized I haven't stopped talking for like half an hour. Um, if if you listening right now, if any of what I've just said appeals to you or you're intrigued enough to just give it a go, Assemblance, I think it's on everything, even Switch, and Assemblance Oversight to follow that up. You don't necessarily have to play uh, one before the other. Uh, they they do have a bit of a horror vibe to them. There's like a thrillery kind of, you know, shadows of a woman in various locations flashing in lightning sometimes. But overall, it, it it's a very enjoyable journey. I have a feeling, Squidge, you might bounce off it incredibly fast. <laughs> but based on what I've heard of you so far, but... Yeah, I would urge anyone to try it. And if you do enjoy it, get in touch with Nilo Studios at Nilo Studios on Twitter and tell them how much you liked it. Because I mean, it really didn't get enough recognition. Right, as long as it's not, you know, line and dot puzzles, I should be all right. <laughs> you know, bloody sick there is of a them. Dot, there's a floating dot matrix at some point with a creepy woman kind of peering over at it for a couple of I seconds. Know, but is every single puzzle lines and dots? <laughs> no. Well, I'll, I, I should be okay then, because that's what Witness is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Games that involve outside things to enhance the gaming experience isn't nothing new. Um, not that I ever played it, but a friend of mine did. I can't remember the name of the game, but it was a, a CSI game, like a, a mystery game. It was a PC game mm -hmm. Some somewhere in the 2000s, I think it was. And if you sort of joined in with it, you would get periodic emails from the killer in the game to your actual email address taunting you. That's cool. wow. It would you get so far into it, it would it would sort of bounce out an email, you know, either taunting you or having a go at you, saying you got this, but I'm not I'm not going to make it that easy for you. So that level of interaction isn't anything new, but it's good to know that it's gotten a hell of a lot better. It's it's nothing new, but I haven't seen much of it outside of the massive th fan theories behind FNAF, but we're not going to go there. Um, cause that's a rabbit hole. That's, that's, that's a bottomless pit, I think, but it's nothing new, but it's good to know that it's done in a very, very unique and freaky way. Yeah. I'm always, yeah. I'm always blown away by like the extra effort that developers will put into stuff like, um, the, uh, is it Doki Doki literature club yes. where like oh, you have to go God. poking around in the, so like I haven't played it, but I think Squidge has. Do you want me where, to describe it? Well, I'll just, I'll describe what I know, right? So it's a standard sort of visual novel uh, dating sim, right? But at, at some point whilst you're playing, you have to go into, like on the PC version, I don't know how it works with the consoles, you have to go into the files that are installed on your computer for the game and foots with them 
because one of them becomes corrupted and you have to fix the file to be able to continue on with the game. And it's not a bug or anything. It's part of the game. Or you have to delete the file. I can't remember. It's one of the two. Um, and like the game won't let you progress until you go and do like save the game, drop out, go do whatever it is you need to do to this file and come back in. But then there are, but then like think like the character behaviors change um, like they all become slightly different and that there's, there's something about, um, if you put one of the files through a spectral analyzer, you get a clue to loads of stuff and there's like downloadable stuff and, and things like that. It's just the amount of effort that goes into those bits that most people won't do is astonishing to me. And even like, even with the big triple A's, um, did you know that I think it's uh, doom 2016? If you put the, um, and I don't know how people discover this, right? If you put the, the soundtrack through certain tracks in the soundtrack through a spectral analyzer, you get like six, six, six or like a pentagram or whatever on screen. And it's like, mm. but when you play it, it's legitimate music, right? It's a, it's a real heavy metal song. But they've somehow encoded into the frequency, maybe a carrier frequency that humans got here or something. The the fact that when you put it through the analyzer, you get images. It's just like how much? Just like first of all, how much effort do these folks put in? And secondly, how in the heck do you discover that stuff? Like as you were saying earlier on about on Discord with the group of people that you were hanging out with, somebody went, "Oh yeah, yeah." If you put this audio through, like you were saying, like I'm I'm. I'm going to butcher what you said, but it's like, here's some audio we found on SoundCloud, but I put it through a spectral analyzer and there's an image like who does that? <laughs> who thinks to do that? <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I've, I think it was me that, that found it out. I just, you end up Googling stuff and it, you're an hour <laughs> yeah. in the hole. And that's why I specifically know I was in, I was studying for something for school because I was so distracted. I should have been doing something something else, but, you know. Um, sorry, Squidge. The thing with DDLC, it's it's put as a visual novel, uh, a visual dating stim, a visual novel game, but the tag, one of the tags on Steam is psychological horror, which gets you thinking, what? Is this a, is this a joke? But then what happens is the, you're in a, a literature club of four ladies, uh, they've all got particular things that they're struggling with. It's either abuse, bullying, depression. Um, one of them seems to be sort of like a, a, a type of possessiveness. And what happens is one of the characters becomes self-aware. And they want to keep you to themselves. So in an effort to try and stop them, you can go into the settings and delete. Try and delete a part of her personality. One of the values, you can change it back to how it was. Problem is, if you change one of the values back to how it was, she deletes one of the other characters. So when you load up the game again from the start menu, you've got all four characters on the menu. One of them is all pixelated and weird. And you go in and the more you try and change it, the more people she deletes. And then you end up just being a room with her forever. Now, the, the, the weird spectrogram thing, you take, I think it's, you can take a free... It's either it's 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 something you can get off their website because they've got merch and stuff. So there's clues on the website to like posters, the characters and stuff. There is an image on their website where if you invert it, you stick it on a cone in Photoshop, invert it again, and then flatten it. You get a teaser for a game that they're going to make in the future. Wow. And also there is. There is clues in a book that one of them's reading, which you can read on their website, that teases that 
they're all from a different universe. One of them's twigged, and the other three can't handle it, which is causing their problems. It's weird. But it's one of those where, as far as I know, when it came out on Steam, it was free. And just the little things where people are going, what the hell is that? It sparked everything. That's what I was going to say. It's it's a free title, and all of this effort has gone into it, and I just... (laughs) But it, but it's one of those where you can get clues from like the actual merch store for the game. You can go on their website and buy merch stuff, like prints and stuff. They've got hints in the picture, and like little lines and stuff like you say. And they've got to a point where if you get all the prints and line them up in a square, it's like a, it turns out into a symbol that ends up being a pentangle of something in the game that they're going to make. If you put them in a certain way, and then there's another character in the middle that seems weird. How people get the idea to inverse an image, put it on a cone, and then reverse it, and then flatten it. I have no idea. People have got way too much time in their hands. Yeah. Messing around in Photoshop. They they mess around once to to scramble that image, right? It doesn't take long to mess up a Rubik's cube, Cube for someone. How long it takes to untangle that, that's where the time goes. Um, mm. But now I can say that uh, inscription was inspired by Doki Doki Literature Club because there's a mechanic specifically in there both to decrypt files with information from the game stored in those files for inscription, as well as the game allowing you to navigate files on your computer to add mechanics to it based on the size of the files you select. Yeah, good lord! It gets there. Yeah. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> it makes see these kinds of things make me wonder. Let me just oh, spin my volume again. Sorry about that. So these these kinds of things make me wonder about like you're saying about like with assemblance. There's an email address. There's things on on Imga, There's things on SoundCloud. There's, like that requires all of those services to be around for you to play and complete the game, right? And one of the things that I really like to do. There's a YouTuber goes by the name Huang, W-H-A-N-G. And he does a lot of stuff about like, uh, he calls it internet culture, right? And he looks into like, four years ago, somebody posted this on Reddit or, you know, we're looking for this lost piece of media and he'll spend an afternoon trying to find it, right? And he, mm. he looks into the stories behind it and all that kind of stuff. Like he was part of a team of people who found the original actors who were in the very first Resident Evil game for the, for the like the, the film cutscenes, right? And, and that was just like, months of digging around and poking around and asking people and stuff so like he gets to a point in most of his videos where he goes and i poked around on the internet archive but this website was never archived or it was archived but it all used flash which never got archived because it never got loaded or you know this image wasn't captured or this image uh, this audio was uploaded to youtube but it's since been taken down so we have no idea and i'm like well how how how's the semblance going to work in you know, 15, 20 years when, yeah. you know, there's all these people talking about a video game. Um, uh, cons- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Where they like, where they, uh, where they conserve. Yeah. That's probably not the right word where they like take the preservation. Thank you very much. So there's all these people who are talking about video game preservation and people who are talking about, I need to buy a physical copy rather than a digital copy because as soon as it goes from the store, I can no longer play it. Well, that's only part of the problem, right? Yep. <laughs> if you need the ARG part of the story to be able to solve the puzzle and get past this bit, 
how are you going to do that unless you like rely on someone having written it all down and writing up like a an FAQ or a walkthrough and saying you yeah, don't worry about it just put this code in um none of go us can discord. how we got this code right oh yeah, jo- yeah. you have to go join Matthew's discord <laughs> to find out <laughs> yep. and we do get the occasional person who jumps in and says in fact yesterday i had someone jump in and say has everything been unpacked from the two assemblance games yet and i had to say pretty sure but you know, don't let that turn you away. Jump in and, and have a go and see what you can find because you never know. Um, but it is true. Like any studio that tries to look at something like this, someone's going to say, well, what if Instagram goes away? Yeah. All those images are gone. That's a major component of the game to try and figure this stuff out. But the thing, the thing that intrigues me most about the way that this game was developed, and I think this is where it becomes a love story, right? I think... After the first game, when it was developed, the developer saw how people were enraptured by discovering the mysteries. Mm. With the second, if you weren't with us on that journey for the three to four weeks that we were playing it after release, actually, funnily enough, I just remembered I actually got a copy early because it released in Australia first on PlayStation come to Australia. It's great. Um, If you weren't with us on that journey, that four-week journey, you've missed out on the progression. Like, now you can take it at your own pace, you know. All the Instagram posts are there. You kind of have to rifle all the way back to the start of that chronology to, you know, line it up. Whereas we check it on the daily, the hourly, to see what would pop out. And then enable us to progress to the next thing. And that experience, I think, is one of the most genuine gaming experiences I've ever had. We're collectively working with maybe 30 or 40 people. It it grew over time. But those 30 or 40 people that were in constant communication for three to four weeks waiting for this stuff to slowly drip feed out we have a way different experience of this game than anyone else will. And mm. I, I really treasure that as an experience for myself. And it's why every person who stuck with that game as long as we did is just, they are rabid for the third chapter. They want to see what else Nilo Studios can do to tantalize us. You know, VR surely has to be the next thing, right? Uh, I don't even know. We might even have to travel. Um, you know that story of the the obelisk that appeared in the desert in America a couple of times? There was a – at some portion of, of the second game, there was the mention of a bathysphere in – I think it was in Nevada somewhere. And it was just a poster on the wall. But people were talking about going there and having a look <laughs> just in case there's something in there. <laughs> that might be relevant to something to progress this game even further. Uh, a Japanese Tory gate somewhere in Japan as well. Like, yeah, you had to be. It's one of those few times where genuinely you had to be there at the time. Mm. Wow. Um, but, of course, that's not to say that anyone playing now wouldn't derive the same kind of enjoyment. But for that specific small group of people that I was blessed to be a part of, it was just, it was something way different than we'd ever had before. 
I get the feeling this is like this particular experience you're talking about and that those the, the that journey that you went on it feels like that's something that can only really be experienced with video games and indie video games specifically, right? Because if, if like Disney released a TV show where they're like, yeah, before we release the next episode, you, you, like before you're allowed to stream the next episode, you have to go solve all these puzzles online and look at this Instagram feed and all that kind of, it's not going to happen, right? Or like uh, if a movie came out and it was like, okay, we're not going to show you the ending in the theater until you go do this ARG step where you you know you sign up for something you follow the qr code you know like they could add those things in like as as the camera whips around there's a qr code and if you're fast enough you can scan it and load some new content about the movie or like they did with uh, the blair witch movie the first blair witch movie they filmed it and then they had all of the actors go into hiding so people actually mm. thought that it was a real found footage movie and that the real people involved with the movie had been killed right you could totally do that but it, it kind of it afterwards you don't get you know it's it's not something you could do in a in a big budget hollywood movie right and mm. like there were things in the turn of the 20th century there's a book that a friend of mine keeps telling me to get and it's a puzzle book right and only three people in the world have ever solved it and it's like been reprinted in the last five years or so. And he says, you need to buy it because you'll, you know, you might be interested in this kind of thing. And I'm like, I'm, I'm really not, but that's cool. Um, but only a handful of people have ever actually solved the puzzle in, in the hundred plus years that it's been around. Right. But like, that's not something that will ever have mass market appeal because once you've solved the puzzle, everybody then knows the solution to the puzzle. Right. Whereas like with things like assemblance and inscription from what you've been saying, it's like you have to be, I'm worried about the how, about what I'm about to. I'm worried about how I'm about to say what I'm about to say, and that it comes across as gatekeeper and I don't mean that. But you have to be almost part of an exclusive club <laughs> to be able to lean on everyone else to get the help you need to solve the puzzle to move to that. And these are the puzzles that are happening in the game. But like you say, you have to solve outside the game. It's just wow, and I don't think any other video game studios like the big ones you'd never see a ea do something like this or activision or blizzard or whatever right because no. the thing is they would release the game even even if they did it right they released the game and then some big influencer on youtube would go on within 24 hours because you know they get the games early they get the games early uh they'd get the solution to the puzzle they go hey guys like the bell ding ding i'll do my 20 minute intro and then quick look this is the solution to the puzzle and it's like it kind of ruins the the experience right but either that or the the websites you need to go on to get clues you'd have to subscribe for with actual well, real life okay, money. Yeah, let's put let's put the money money making aspect to one side. I'm not talking about that, right? Just the experience of doing it wouldn't be the same because it's almost like like you know, like I said, and I was worried about how it sounded. You're almost in this like exclusive club of people who are experiencing the same thing, right? It's like you're joining this. It's not really a cult, but like a, a, an exclusive, yeah, an exclusive group of people. It's a, like, it's a little ah. bit culty. Like for a semblance, it kind of has to be. <laughs> it does. So I've I've got um, two things to to say about that. Uh, first of all, your experience and the experience of everyone else that created that Discord that sounds like a series of YouTube videos waiting to happen. Yes. Like. Yeah. In interviews See. with you and the other people and the stages of how you did it and the anticipation, it sounds like just a YouTube thing waiting to happen. And the second one is 
I, I, I don't think I could be part of that because not the anticipation of the next game happening. It's that wall you hit when you've discovered everything. It's kind of like when you binge a Netflix series. What do I do now? Yes. I don't think I could handle that. If, if something was as good as that, and I got to the end and everything was discovered, I don't think I could handle the, oh, what do I do now? What if, right, your idea about making a YouTube series, right? Now, you can cut this out if you want, Squidge, because it may give the game away, but what about if we get Nilo Studios to speak with you guys about making a documentary of your experiences of playing the first two, and then they pepper in things that are, like, clues for the third game, right? That could work. That would be like, excellent. Yeah, a poster in the background or... You know, one of yours has got like a mug and you're drinking from it and just on the under underside of it, there's a QR code, but you never fully see the full QR code. So you have to take a screenshot and then sort of uh, manipulate the image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that you can get the QR yep. Why not, right? Uh, it feels like it's right up their alley. And uh, I mean, I may be giving the game away. I don't know. I have no connection to Nilo Studios, but we need to get them on the phone and say this needs to happen. <laughs> I do. I, I, um, I message him on Twitter every so often and say, uh, in fact, I think six months ago I said, hey, so that assemblance thing, you remember that? Um, maybe we should do a podcast series talking about the upcoming release of the game or something. And he said, I'll get back to you. He's, he's a very secretive guy. He's they, they keep the mystique quite a bit. I think by the nature of the games that they make, though, I think it's very much a one for one for them and one for the money, like you, you've yep. got to have the money coming in to be able to support these kinds of games, especially mm. when you're an indie studio. Um, like I was getting messages from him. I think he was working in Singapore or Thailand or something. And he was hurriedly trying to get the new assemblance chapter one certified for switch because he, he wanted us to tweet about it and stuff when it was coming close and it was two and a half months after he messaged that, that he actually got it all ticked off. Like it's a, it's literally a one man band and you know, that that's why I, I really appreciate the group that we're a part of that's demanding this. We realize that he's a person who develops things for us, but we have enough respect for him that we're not going to, you know, threaten his family or find out where he lives to be able to get the next piece of the puzzle, you know, but I really like the idea of that video thing. I mean, we could do Bandersnatch two, Assemblance three, or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whoever wins, no. we all lose. Um. If if you guys want to make that happen, I'll um <clears throat> I'll send him a message and we'll get something. Uh, why I'm, not? I'm not good at video editing, so <laughs> I, I just I, do audio yeah. editing. So it could be a series of podcasts, I suppose. It's it's a great way to learn, right? <laughs> uh, the skill I've got to bloody learn. Oh my goodness! No, that sounds that sounds amazing. Yeah, maybe they should do that. I don't, know. I don't. Know. I can't tell people what to do, but maybe that's maybe maybe it's an idea, right? We'll put it to them, and and what we can do <laughs> when the episode when this episode comes out, we'll tweet at them and it's like, "Hey, Nano Studios, we just did a whole 
episode where we gushed over your your games a lot came up with a bunch of ideas for marketing episode three and they'll just reply with like a single word reply that doesn't mean anything until six months later when we look back at it and it's like that's the password (laughs) yep it'll be the first half of an email email address and the second half will be sitting on tiktok somewhere in somebody's account but we'll have to watch that to get half the qr code which is living in i don't know what's the new facebook thing the metaverse thing they're doing it'll be somewhere in there but it'll be someone's top half without legs but just a qr code half like it'll be really yeah i can see that it'll be (laughs) the other half of a qr code will be from a vine from 10 years ago that's gonna go dig it out long game that's it (laughs) that's his style and he actually made it before he made the first game yeah that's it yeah (laughs) i'm into it yeah you get a reply from him or is it him oh (laughs) (laughs) i like it i like it well look matthew i've had a wonderful time talking with you so far i have to say Uh, but i'm also very very aware of the time zones that are involved and the fact that we've both put all three of us have put like you know two hours into this already i'm very wary of using up all of your evening you know you you, unlike me you've likely got some lovely things to go be doing so i'm gonna (laughs) what i'm saying is what i'm trying to get around to saying is you know let's give you a chance to do that but um i also like if you're interested maybe circling back and talking about um at, at a later stage talking about maybe thunder planes and stuff like that and talking about like uh so that's our version of desert island discs but with video games right you're going to be trapped on an island you could take three to four games with you we'll give you everything you need to play them what are you taking with you and we'll leave it at that so that then that gives you a couple of you know a little bit of time to think about those things right and i think maybe sure. we should we could we could maybe circle back and maybe uh squidge and i can go and try and play a semblance and we can talk about our experiences with you and then you can tell us how much of an idiot we both are sounds good right <laughs> guaranteed not gonna happen but if you stream it like i i can i can notify the community get them on board and they can uh you can have your own hinty chat there to help you hinty out as well. did you say it's on ps4 it's on ps4 uh i think it's on uh what's the one in between series x and 360 the one I, I wouldn't know my um my my xbox one killed itself about a month and a half ago so oh, no. half my game library's gone that's why i asked about ps4 oh, sorry. <laughs> okay yeah it, it's definitely on ps4 it's on switch it's on um pc obviously uh yeah and xbox one i think that's pretty that covers it all i think and you could probably get it cheap these days too i'd say there's there's always a sale running where you know be five pounds or something i don't know okay, I, i'm trying to use your then. currency I, I get across a lot of currencies so i don't know there's <laughs> plus exchange i'll, I'll say this then i'm i'm looking into getting back into streaming um i will keep an eye on assemblance i'll try and acquire it and once i get myself set back up i'll get jamie to shoot you a message we'll figure out time zones where everyone's free and where you mm-hmm. can all torture me as i try and figure it out i was about that that sounds amazing. Let's do it. I like it. I like it. We'll have to drop. Well, obviously, at the time we're recording, it won't be for a couple of weeks. But you know, it's <laughs> I've got to get everything properly set up and what have you. But we'll definitely do that. It sounds like the kind of game where if people are going, 
go left. Why? What? You know, that sounds like <laughs> the kind of thing I could get a right kick out of and get really yeah. annoyed, but still laugh at. You know? Absolutely. Let's yep. do this. <laughs> and, and, and it's really like funny. Um, it manages to get around some of the solution-based stuff by having a bit of skill base in there for some of the solutions. So it's going to be funny stuff in the chat, like, you didn't hit that quick enough, give up, restart. But you'll be like, no, I'm pretty sure I hit it at that point that I did it at the right time. <laughs> you'll see what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I definitely. If, 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 if you and some of the others could jump in and hell abuse at me, that'd be great, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever inspires you, my friend, we'll do it. <laughs> awesome okay so matthew tell us a little bit about about yourself again and the shows that you do and where people can connect with you right because they'll be listening to this going this matthew guy sounds really cool uh you yeah. know and they'll be thinking is he on twitter is he on insta let's let's check him out so how let's can they check you? let's do this yeah, for yeah. sure um so the first podcast the video game news twice a week monday and thursday only 10 minutes per episode uh you can find out more at www.deaddroppod.com for the Dead Drop podcast. Uh, same for the Teaching Culture cast, which is about teaching. Uh, and if you want to hit me up directly, I am at Matt Bliss Pod. Uh, and all of the socials and YouTubes and things will be attached to the websites for my respective podcasts. So hit me up there and I'll be happy to hear from you. Ace, we'll make a point of putting all of those details in the show notes as well. So whatever you're listening with, just press through to show me the details. All the links are there. Just click through and go check Matthew out because he's a really cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, no worries. No worries. Um, so, yeah, you've gone and uh, unless you want to try and do the outro here, Chris, you want me to do it? Okay. You do it. Well, You've gone and listened to another episode of the Waffling Taylor's podcast. Remember to check us out. We're on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook. I think those are the only three places. If you type in Waffling Taylor's into Google, it'll come up. Or if you head to Waffling Taylor's at Rocks, it will all come up there. There's loads of links there. Uh, if you do go through to the website, which should be linked in your podcatcher right now, do check out the Those Games We Played page because that lists every single game we've ever discussed in the, at the time of recording, 184 episodes, I think, uh, of the show. We've talked about 1,555 games. So click through to that page and it will tell you which, choose a game, click it, and it'll list all the episodes we ever talked about it on. So that can be quite useful. But that's hidden in the nav bar, right? I can put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, Jay, in the future, put a link to that in the show notes. Okay, cool. Right, cool. But yes, uh, thank you ever so much, uh, Matthew, for sitting with us and talking about inscription, assemblance, and all of these wonderful titles. I'm going to have to go away now and and spend my afternoon playing these games. I mean, uh, getting some work done. So, um, <laughs> And there's a quick tip for the audience. If you take the last 10 minutes of this podcast and you put it through a spectral graph analyzer and you flip the image, you may find something secret there. It may or may not be a dick butt. I'm, I'm going to spoil it. I'm going to spoil it. It's just in big capital letters that says sod off. <laughs> just for those people who, who don't want to waste the time, it just says sod off. But in windings. So. <laughs> oh, yes. The, the, there is, there is some conversion needed if you want the actual message. So, so perfect. First person to send in the spectral analyzer image of the final 10 minutes of this episode wins a prize. Right. Send it in quick. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. 
Well, like I said, Matthew, thank you for spending some time with us. I really appreciate it. And I've got some new games to check out, which I will be doing very, very soon. No worries. I've been so happy to talk to you guys. It's been a great time. So I'm looking forward to the next one. Awesome. Thank you. Sounds good to me. Best of the crap internet. Is that like getting a participation award? <laughs> it kind of feels like. I can, I can tell you from experience, because I, I lived in London for a year, 2013, 2014. The virgin fibre I had there is still better than the fibre optic that I got here. And I got it to the premises. Like, wow. forget it. Yeah, but like 90% of, of, of your country is empty. That's probably why, right? Cause it's, yeah, it's, it's just flying just around, like around the around countries. The yeah, yeah. yeah. It's running marathons it's, all the way around it. That's it. It's too many, too many kangaroos kicking the signal towers. That's what it is. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Or it's people working on the pipes under the oceans, and they just, you know, it's boats nudging them as they fly mm-hmm. past. Ugh. That's it. Anyway. Flying boats. Flying boats. That's Final Fantasy, isn't it? Intro music is Among the Stars by Muse Station Productions. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GH. Spoiler break music is Spectrum Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. Palette cleanser music is Breathe Deep, Breathe Clear by Siobhan Dagay. See the show notes for more details.